Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Match Ball. The podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hello, I'm Dan Moylan and I'm joined by Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. The Matchball 30 sees us chart the return to the top flight in 1990, game by game in real time, all the way through to lifting the league title in 1992. We're doing a Matchball on the 30th anniversary of each game and ooh, this one's going to be a treat at least we're finally back in the league though it's been a while after all those cup games and we've progressed well in those cups haven't we it was really worthwhile playing about 400 league league cup and FA Cup games during this period not to forget the Zenith Data Systems Cup Michael there is still that one we could still be going to Wembley we, we could and wouldn't you want to go to, why wouldn't you want to go to Wembley that's very true and it's a prestigious competition in its own way isn't it we could be playing in the uh, the next round. I forget whether it's a Northern Area semi-final, final or what. Um, it's Barnsley versus Everton in that one. We're awaiting the uh, the outcome of that one. So that'd be nice to play Barnsley again. It's very JPT, isn't it? The Northern Area semi-finals and all that sort of stuff. But this is the first division. And it has, yeah, we haven't really been in it much. Well, it's just, March. just to build up the excitement, Moscow, it's the Northern final first leg against Everton. But we have to wait about another three weeks for that. Well, I don't know how you know it's going to be Everton because they haven't even played Barnsley in the semi-final yet. <laughs> well, I mean, the favourites, aren't they? You're probably just going on that. Shit, I've ruined the magic there, haven't I? Oh, damn. Anyway, to matters at hand in the Dell. And the Dell itself is probably the most attractive thing about this fixture, really, when you look at the older chocolate box stands behind the goal, the wonky ones. Brilliant, they were. That's about it. That's the end of the show. And even then, Gordon Strachan, uh, after the game, because he didn't actually make it for this one after Paul Ince whacks him on the hip in the League Cup semi-final. He said he sat in the main stand between two very nice people, but he doesn't understand how anybody can really get up for a game at Southampton's ground because it was boring. Right. Mm. Didn't dig it. He wasn't into it at all. I think he'd, uh, I think he was also a bit upset about not being playing because it was after 104 consecutive games for Leeds United. He didn't make this one despite a late fitness test in Southampton. Well, right. it's frankly ridiculous. Yeah, at least click had the excuse of a hangover. I mean, what's your excuse for some dicky hips, old man? Anyway, so um, Chris Fairclough takes the armband uh, for this one. And the lineup on the 2nd of March, then John Lukic, Mel Sterling, Mike Whitlow. Hello, Chris Fairclough, Chris White. Then we've got David Batty, Andy Williams, Gary McAllister and Gary Speed with Carl Schutt and Lee Chapman making up the, the forward line with uh, John McClelland and Bobby Davison on the subs bench. 
to Southampton, their lineup, Tim Flowers in goal. Always liked Tim Flowers, as I mentioned last time. I was one player I wish we'd signed back in this era. Um, Kevin Moore, Neil Ruddock, Jason Dodd, Francis Benali. He was hard, wasn't he? Uh, Glenn Cockrell, Barry Horn. He was also hard. Alan McLaughlin, Shearer, Paul Rideout and Rodney Wallace with uh, Jimmy Case. Very hard. And Matt Letizia, very hard Brexit on the bench, uh, managed by Chris Nickel. Letizia on the bench because Southampton have their own cup troubles. They've got a, a fifth round replay against Nottingham Forest on Monday night. So they're giving Letizia a rest. Alan Shearer has only just come back after a week away with food poisoning during which he lost a stone. And you mentioned Mike Whitlow in there. Obviously, the last we saw of Peter Haddock, he was being taken down the tunnel on a stretcher. He's out for the season and the left back curse has struck not only him, but Glenn Snowden, who could have been in line to replace him, but injured his calf in a reserve game. And then it's probably unfair to describe this as a curse, but Jim Beglin's wife has just had a baby. <laughs> so he wasn't in contention for this what game. What was he playing at nine months ago to not time this correctly? I don't know. Couldn't Put it away. Put it away, Jim. Um, lost a stone thanks to food poisoning. That's mm. interesting way to diet. Might go and lick some raw chicken after this then and see what we can do. Get this thing in shape. Matt Letizia at this stage, I guess, was still relatively slim, wasn't he? It was, it was more in his later career that he could have done with losing a stone or two. Mm. It was his failure to move in every sense of the word that, um, that saw him become a little bit chubby. Yeah, this didn't go very well, did it? Um, we missed our talisman in Strachan. Not a great game. Wilkinson would disagree with you on that. He wanted to say that Strachan not being there made absolutely no difference whatsoever. But mm. most other people would disagree. But it's hard to know what was up with them. Wilkinson described it as the worst performance since he'd arrived in October 1988, which is an indication of how bad leads were. Yeah, and it went pretty bad pretty early, all things considered. Yeah, but Lukic's fault for the goal, were we saying? It kind of is. It's a free kick over on the right-hand side, put into the box, and Lukic comes for it, doesn't get anywhere near it, can't get back on his line to save it. Paul Rideout heads it in. He's the good striker, isn't he, Paul Rideout? Didn't he score against us at Elland Road earlier in the season, and now he's scoring again? He's obviously their main danger man. There's, doesn't seem like this Shearer can do much against us. Very little other attacking talent that I can see. But Although he gets a chance in this one. I was going to say, I mean, he can't even score from the penalty spot against his Count Shearer, so nothing to fear from him. Well, this absolutely flabbergasted me, this. You know, given what we know happens in the future, again, spoiler alert, he scores an awful lot of goals against us this year in the coming years. So to see him not score against us was a rare treat. Something to be celebrated. Yeah, yeah. and uh, a penalty spot. And do you think it was a penalty? I mean, no, you know, it's hard to tell from uh, from that distance in the away end. It's hard to see, isn't it? But uh, Chapman was the one who's who's penalised for that uh, penalty. Is that right for handball? I mean, if the VAR was slowing this one down to have a look at it, you'd be trying to judge a ball based on a single pixel, more or less, with the, <laughs> the quality of the footage. Like, so like sensible soccer, isn't it's it? It's quite hard to tell. Let's just say the referee was wrong because he gave a penalty <laughs> against Leeds. Uh, and but, John Lukic was right. It was a good penalty save, wasn't it? It, it was a nice height for him, I thought, over to it's his left the attacker's right isn't it that's taken and Shearer as Shearer was wont to do put his foot right through it but Lukic was up to the task I had a chat with him after the game actually for future penalties I've said he should try kicking them keep them hard still but um, further from away from the goalkeepers yeah you could even have you told him about putting it away from the goalkeeper like to the yeah, opposite, yeah, opposite some, side oh, yeah, the opposite, yeah that's, that works as it's well it's an option isn't it there's loads of different areas yeah. so I think he'll, he'll probably improve in future when you when you see him uh, yeah so um it felt like the writing was on the wall when they've scored and there's a penalty. It, it felt a little bit like the traffic was one way. 
Yeah, Lukic also had to save from Rodney Wallace, who was clean through one-on-one. Flowers was busy as well. We we came back after they scored. We had four corners in six minutes trying to force the issue, and Tim Flowers tipped over Chapman's header in a double save. Andy Williams shot and Carl shut, sniffing in for the rebound. Couldn't finish. Flowers saved that one as well. But in the second half, um, there was really only one shot from McAllister, and then it just kind of it all just fell apart without Strachan there to organise things. I mean, that's the thing. The, the midfield... And to a certain extent, the defence looked a little bit under par. I mean, I think, you know, Wilco said it's not the absence of Strachan, but you can't help but say it probably is if the midfield's not functioning. It maybe does highlight a bit of a weakness in basing your entire team around an ageing man playing every single minute of every single game. They could also be knackered. I mean, we I could mean, get David Rowcastle in from Arsenal. He'd be a good decent option, I think, if we were looking to replace Strachan. You have to think, well, you have to think he's probably going to be around for a short time, you know. This age. season, maybe one more after this and then yeah, we don't. Yeah, will be that. So first half, not great. Second half, was it much better in your opinion? No. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Long way home though, isn't it, from there? It is a, a good goal by Southampton, to be fair. They, they do have a lot of space. I mean, it looks like a counter-attack. Rodney Wallace with a, a hell of a pass. Well, he's got a bright future, definitely. With a big head of hair as well, Rodney Wallace. Don't, you don't see that in the late years. But uh, yeah, great ball over the top and a good finish as well. Glenn Cockrell takes it first time and... I think takes Lukic a bit by surprise by hitting it first time, but it's worth it's ret- a good finish. Worth returning to that ball by that young Rod Wallace, a player we should probably keep an eye on at this stage because it, it breaks to him what is sort of um, halfway inside the Leeds half, but in acres of space. Like you say, Moscow it looked like a counter attack because of the amount of space that he was in, and he's kind of in the inside left position. So to have the presence of mind just to hook it over the last defender and into that area just on the edge of the D almost was, and it was a neat finish as well. To be fair, wasn't it? Chris Fairclough just a bit. Bit flat-footed with it, wasn't he? Didn't seem to spot someone running in behind him. Oh, well, let's pin it all on the, that trip to Wembley. That's definitely going to happen. Well, Wilkinson, before the game, wasn't having any idea that uh, that there should be a hangover from the Cup. He was saying, our season has certainly not come to an end. Uh, we're fourth in the first division and have plenty to play for. Still possible um, Europe, if we can catch Crystal Palace and Wembley in the Zenith Data Systems Cup. But he was just um, he was just angry about this one. You are always disappointed when you lose, but sometimes when you lose, you are more disappointed than others. And at Southampton, it was a very disappointing result for us in view of how we played. And I think if somebody says disappointed three times in the <laughs> sentence, um, it's an indication as how they're feeling. And um, and this is a good point, actually, because he says we're as good as nearly anything there is around. And in some senses, that makes Saturday's performance even worse. <laughs> All is not lost, and you're talking about Crystal Palace there. They lost away to Coventry 3-1, and they've uh, lost 4-0 away to Arsenal the week before that. So while we've been not playing, they have been playing. But there's not it's not an insurmountable gap, but there is a little bit of work to do. A little bit of work to do. And the big one this weekend is um, Arsenal, who beat Liverpool. So they're tussling for that at the top. Liverpool, managerless Liverpool, no less, because as you mentioned last time out in Moscow, Kenny Dalglish walked. Glenn Hussain has said they need to get somebody in sharpish because I mean it's kind of funny in a way Kenny Dalglish has fucked up their title attempt walked out in the middle of um, in between um, the first FA Cup match against Everton and then the replay saying that the stress of being in football management is just too great for him which fair enough if he was struggling to cope but then Liverpool are just kind of left going well get one of the boot room boys in such a special boot room John Tashok John Tashok <laughs> John Toshak is uh, is leading the running to take over from him but yeah losing um, 1-0 to Arsenal that was basically 
it felt like it could be the title decider because now Arsenal are, are clear of them at the top. And you look at the table, we're starting to get into that fra- slightly fragmented with the fixtures and the number of games played. Arsenal are top with 26 games played, 57 on the board. Liverpool, uh, same number of games played, but three points behind on 54. You've then got Palace away back on 49, but they've played a game more, 27. But we are on their coattails just about. We're hanging on by our fingernails. Six points behind Palace, having played 25. So two games less and six points to make up to try and close that gap with the scumbags on played 26. So one more than us and 40 points just behind us. And they've got the same points as Wimbledon, just to emphasise how shit Manchester United are, that um, they've played. Uh, they do have a game in hand over the Dons, but um, but yeah, that's that's the level that we're talking about. We saw how bad Wimbledon were against us, and they're both behind us, level on points, which, again, to go back to what Wilkinson was saying about the game, his feelings, my feelings, he said, are that the performance was not good enough for the club, it was not good enough for me, and it certainly was not good enough for our supporters. They deserve better. And I suspect any player who is honest with himself will have decided it was not good enough for him either. War? Huh? What is it good for? Developing stadiums? Could be. Or not developing them? Or developing a bit of them, but not all of them? One side and not the other? The wrong side? The side you want or don't want? It's been a bit fractious the last month while we've been playing in the Cups. Talking about the council and the fact that they own Ellen Road and... We've already heard this season about how it's had a bearing, you know, with the rugby being um, being on and our games getting moved around and being second fiddle to whatever the council wanted to do and the development of the stadium also being a persistent issue. What's been going on? Well, I think we mentioned it, I mean, way back in the midst of time before the, the cup games started that it was coming to a head about the, um, the financial impact on Leeds United of having to pay so much rent to... Leeds City Council that they were they were planning to make a profit of two million pounds from their first season in the first division, but one and a half million pounds of that would go to the council, and that the annual rent over the next ten years was going to be more than three million. And it all comes back to the fact that the the deal to sell Elland Road to essentially save Leeds United in 1985 is now out of date. It's all been done on 1985 ideas, and Leeds want to renegotiate it because they're saying, look. Part of the agreement was we would deliver a top-class first division football club that the city could be proud of. We've done that. You were also going to deliver a top-class first division stadium that the region could be proud of. And the low fields are still there. And you've done nout. And we're handing over all our money, all our profits to you in rent. We need to do something about this. And there's been disagreements. Council leader John Trickett talking all sorts in the paper. Howard Wilkinson, who wants to sign a new contract and Leeds obviously want him to sign a new contract, is saying, well, I'm not going to do that until this is sorted because I need to know what the the future plans are going to be. Will I be able to spend that money on transfers and wages or is it all going to go on the ground? Will the ground be improved? What's happening? Nobody knows. Let's have a Barney in the Yorkshire Evening Post. Always the best thing for it, I think. Yeah. Hey, Leeds City Council, get out of that 1980s headspace. We're in the 1990s now. You need to modernise, baby, don't you? Yeah, who's Mr. X? Because things are things are getting daft when you're getting spies involved. Yeah, there was all this business of there being a go between between the council and the club to and council said it was somebody appointed by the club to act on their behalf. Leslie Silver said he couldn't act on their behalf. He didn't have any decision making powers. He was just, just there to find out what they would possibly do. So the the question of the the role of a Mr. X, um, I think the headline writers 
absolutely adored that when that came along. And then you had um, the other side of this was the obviously political capital started being made because it's a, a Labour-controlled council and the leader of the Conservatives, the opposition in the, the council, uh, Councillor Andrew Carter, he started piping up saying, well, why, why should any taxpayer's money be spent on a stadium anyway? This is all ridiculous and it's a problem of Labour's making and they, they need to get their priorities straight, stop arguing about sport. Get a rugby union stadium. <laughs> well, yeah, don't spend taxpayers' money on that. Give it to your mates. But the, like, no, let's not get into that. <laughs> but the um, the the council's point was that they were going to build all their, their fancy new West stand with no council, no poll tax money would be involved in building the West stand. It was all going to come from the uh, Football Trust, who were putting out money after the Hillsborough disaster to improve stadiums and bring them up to standard and private investors to get sponsorship and, and whatnot to pay for it all. But obviously, the, their political opponents were saying, no, that's you'll, you'll never be able to do that. You'll inevitably be paying the, the poll tax of our good, good people in Leeds on Leeds United Stadium. Thankfully, things do get resolved, but we have to resort to secret meetings in secret locations to iron things out. So what has happened? What's the resolution? It was leaked, the location. In the end, Bram Hope's Post House Hotel was the venue for a showdown. It's the council and it's Leslie Silver meeting John Trickett in person. And they, what do you do after a meeting? You emerge, don't you? Holding a piece of paper in your hand, maybe some uh, post house stationery that they've nicked from reception. And the council agreed they would cap the rent at a, an amount that would cover costs for maintenance. And they've got the message that the low field stand is probably quite a lot shitter as it is than the West Stand. <laughs> it's proper pick your favourite disease territory, that isn't it? Goodness me. And that needs doing first. So it's the two big things that, that Leeds wanted, the the rent sensible and also scrap this idea of, of redeveloping the West Stand. Let's build an East Stand instead with money from um, the Football Trust, the private sector and the club itself, which will please the Conservatives because the taxpayers are not involved there. A magnificent new East Stand. That's what we should build. Let's hope so. I hope whatever it is they decide to build at some point in the future is both magnificent and it will obviously, by definition, be be new. So we've got a sensible annual figure going to the council for rent, or more sensible anyway. And there is an annual figure going to Wilco as well because he signs a new five-year contract. £200,000 a year, in fact, for five years with a two-year roll-on that can be renewed indefinitely. He's basically got two hundred grand a year for life if he wants it and if Leeds want it. I was about to pour a little bit of scorn on that about him. Oh, that's four grand a week. And then I just realised I would love 200 grand a year for life. But, you know. Uh, it is a lot of money. And at the time, I imagine a huge amount of money. Surely this has puts him in one of the highest paid in the world, probably, as a football manager. Worth it, though. Because look what he's he's done. Did in you see the, that uh, Southampton game? <laughs> we'll go out. And the... Um, Get Eddie Gray and play the kids. The indication of how happy everybody is to pay him this money... I mean, Leeds have lost £3 million and Leslie Silver at the AGM, which they managed to get the um, the ground situation with the council sorted out just before the annual meeting with all the shareholders. And Leslie Silver said that a £3 million loss, he'd never known one to be signed off so quickly and so cheerfully. So, all right, we lost £3 million quid. Brilliant. We're in the first division though, so that's fine. I was going to say there is a, a sort of a wild comparison you can make with uh, 2021 where you could say, bloody hell, we've only lost £3 million, but we're in the top division. That's amazing. Well... As we head back up the many, many motorways, the M3, the M25 and the M1 back towards uh, Ellen Road, which seems to be a more settled home now. It seems to be just another couple of boxes ticked in terms of harmony and progress. And Did they say anything about kicking the rugby team out? The way forward? 
Well, no, but the the rumor going round is that uh, a sponsor from overseas might start putting in six million pounds a year. That was the hot talk at the AGM. So that is an awful lot of money, given I mean, the managers and two hundred grand a year. Think how many Wilcos you could have for that. I'll put Peter Ridsdale's nose right out of joint at Burton Group, won't it? No, we know. Look, it'll all go tits up and we'll end up having the bloody Yorkshire Evening Post on the front of it. <laughs> well, yeah, so back from the Dell it is and to Ellen Road next, where we finally return another home league game, which has been, uh, well, it's been quite some time in the uh, in the waiting. Luton Town at home on the 19th of January, the previous home league game at Ellen Road. So we look ahead to Coventry City visiting on the 9th of March. We'll speak to you then. The Match Ball. 